for for all things ATL. For everything Falcons. First to the end zone, touchdown! This is Peachtree Football. Now, your host, Dylan Matthews and Bo Morgan. What's going on, everybody? It is your boy, Dylan Matthews, alongside the man, the myth, the legend himself, Bo Morgan, and we are Peachtree Football. Make sure you guys like this podcast, download Peachtree Football, and subscribe to Peachtree Football wherever you get your podcast. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcast. Peachtree Football is there. Bo Morgan is a Friday. And our last really full preview edition on uh, on this season of Peachtree Football, man. It, it, I was talking about this with Simone last night. It's crazy. It feels like we wait forever for the football season to get here. And then it gets here and we're so excited. And then just like that, it's gone. It's crazy. Yeah, it's like a weird grind because we grind it out and then we get through, we get to Christmas and we're like, oh crap, we're at Christmas. And then here we are. Um, Last game of the regular season. Last game of the regular season. Second, uh, second, it'll be the second Sunday of January. And um, it's just crazy that we're already here. Um, And, um, you know, we talked about last podcast. It's a, for some of us, a little bit bittersweet. Um, But you're also, you know, it's a relief as well for some of these guys. They've been practicing since, july right you know busting it and um so now they get they get their some of these guys get their downtime while the lucky guys get to play on until some of them until february which is which is what the goal is to be honest so yeah crazy that that's where we're at already but i know you know here we are so one more so we got to you know finish a drill finish strong though all the cliches (laughs) run 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 through the line all that good stuff so we will do it we will go ahead and give you our keys to the game. We'll give you Dylan's deciding factor. I'll give you Dylan's deciding factor. We'll give you our score predictions. But first, Squid Billy, we will start with some matchups to watch. I'll go ahead and kick things off here for us with matchups to watch. And for me, the main thing that comes to my mind when I first think about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is obviously Tom Brady. The second thing, that comes to my mind when I think about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is Mike Evans and the Tom Brady, Mike Evans connection, which got going in a big way last week. They combined for three touchdowns. So uh, Tom Brady found Mike Evans in the end zone three times, one on a deep shot. So that autom- automatically makes me think if those two guys are in, we got to stop that combo because that combo is getting hot. And if that combo is going, it that is a tough Tough team to beat. So, automatically, I'm thinking, all right, A.J. Terrell, he's got to at least neutralize Mike Evans. He's hard to just flat-out stop, but we need to at least neutralize Mike Evans. So, my first matchup to watch is obviously going to be Mike Evans versus A.J. Terrell. Now, again, these all, you kind of have to take these not with a grain of salt, but you got to understand that you might not see these matchups for the full game. You might not see these matchups at all during the game. So just bear with us and realize that might be uh, might be a thing when we talk about our matchups to watch. So because we don't know exactly who's going to play and for how long this game just because of 
the the Buccaneers already clinching and whatnot. So we talked about that last episode. So if you missed it, go check that out. But first matchup to watch for me, Squid Billy is Mike Evans versus AJ Terrell, just because that offense is going. It seems like it's starting to hum along again. So that that's one thing we have to try and neutralize. And you'd like to see a, you'd like to see AJ finish strong, right? If he does get to go against Mike Evans, which I think he will. Um, we talked to Rick Stroud last night, and he seems to think that that Brady wants to play, and that you know what Brady wants, they'll do, and yeah. um, that's understandable considering um, he's the leader of the team, and and you know he's a guy that you. It seems like he might be coming back next year, and if he does, Tampa Bay is definitely a place that you know he could be. I think a lot of that depends on what happens with Sean Payton. And the Dolphins, and those rumors are firing back up that the Dolphins might fire Mike McDaniels after one year, which I think would be a horrendous mistake. Right. Um, because of what he's done, and you can say, well, he's lost five straight, and he has, and, you know, um, that is something to think about, but they've also had injuries down there, and the Tua situation has been weird. But I think that could be a thing where the Dolphins – uh, and Tom Brady, and I've gotten off on a tangent here now, but that could be something. So I think t- Tampa Bay, in other words, they're going to keep kind of Brady happy. And the players that are going to be rested, I think, would be guys that have been banged up that you're not seeing practice a lot, like uh, I think Donovan Smith or maybe Avita Vea. Um, but, it, you know, you want to see A.J. kind of keep Mike in check a little bit. And I think it would be uh, – A.J. has been criticized a little bit this year because he wasn't as good as last year. I think it's unfair. But you'd like to see him kind of keep Mike Evans in check. And and Mike Evans in week one, he only had eight targets and four catches without a touchdown. And they held him under 100 yards, which is good because Evans has historically had some good games against the Falcons. And um, so I thought that they did a pretty good job on him in Tampa um, in week five. Yeah, they did a really good job on uh, on Mike Evans, and you know, again, if we're if we're talking about matchups to watch, how about uh, Jerome Boger versus Grady Jarrett? No, I'm just I'm just kidding. That I don't even know if Jerome Boger is going to referee this game, but you know, maybe refs versus uh, Grady Jarrett is a good matchup after all. But keeping it going, anywho, I uh, I think that uh, well, actually, I don't want to I don't want to steal your squid. You didn't you didn't give one yet. Actually, I was about to go again. Go ahead, squid. What's your- What's your matchup to watch? Well, um, my, mine is uh, it's a little bit broader, but okay. This is the best pass defense that Desmond Ritter is going to play in his first in his first four in his in, in his NFL career. Um, mm-hmm. This is his fourth start. This right. is a team that's uh, ninth, and this is a good defense. This is the best overall defense that we face with Desmond Ritter. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I had a discussion on Twitter. A while back ago, and they were trying to tell me that the that Tampa Bay's defense was garbage because their team sucked. And I said, uh, and it, it all started on linebackers. And I said, well, Tampa's got the best linebacker, one of the best linebacking cores in the NFL, with guys like Levante David and De- uh, Devin White. Um, Joe Tyron uh, Shoyonka is a pretty good player. Um, they run they run a three four. Now he's more of an edge guy, um, but. This is uh this is a pretty good defense and they got the back end. I'm not sure if Carlton Davis is going to play, but Sean Murphy Bunton isn't a terrible player. Antoine Winfield Jr. is has been a pretty good guy player, pretty good piece since he's gotten there. Um, 
and he was a 2020 uh, draft pick, a rookie then. So he was a part of the Super Bowl run. Um, so this is one of the better – I mean, this is the fifth – ninth overall pass defense, uh, fifth as far as um, the yards per per uh, reception are given up. But you look at scoring defense, they're the eighth, um, and it's the 15th best run defense. Now, I think we can run on them. I do think that, especially if Vita Vea is not playing. Um, I think you can run – now, don't – you know, we talked about him on Wednesday, but Raheem Nunez uh, Roches is a, is a pretty decent player, um, a guy that's held his own for the most part. So, and don't forget Big Akeem Hicks. So this this defense is no slouch, in other words. Uh-huh. But to me, it's Desmond Ritter going against this pass defense. Can Desmond continue? Because um, he's going to be in a little bit of fire, I believe. If I'm not mistaken. Um, I want to say they got four or five sacks. Um, they, yeah, they sacked Marcus five times in week five. And to that point, though, the Falcons were still able to run for 151 yards in the game. And remember, at one point, I think they were down 21 nothing. So so I think how Desmond handles what Tampa's going to show him, because you're going to see a lot of their starters on defense. You might not see everybody, but you're going to see a lot. Um, you can't rest everyone. So I think it's going to be – Desmond Ritter versus his past defense of Tampa and Todd Bowles. And Todd Bowles is a hell of a coordinator. Again, we talked about this on Wednesday. His inefficiency or his deficiencies, I should say, as a head coach over here, when it comes to the D.C. hat, he's one of the best in the league. And uh, and honestly, I don't think everything that's happened in Tampa is on him. I, I think no. a lot of this has been circumstantial. This team has gotten kind of old overnight. Uh, the, the leader of the team is, has been an absentee landlord at times with dealing with whatever Brady's been dealing with in his family life and um, yep. the marriage breakup, which is, is something that's not um, not an easy thing to do. So I think Todd's done a pretty decent job, honestly, uh, of trying to keep them together and, and trying to keep this ship um, on, on, you know, on course. And, and out of it, they're going to get a playoff uh, game. They've won the division. So – uh, you know, it, I think now he'll be judged on what he does in the playoffs. And so, but but Bowles is a D.C., you know, how he comes to Desmond Ritter and how Desmond Ritter is able to handle it. You know, Desmond is coming off his best game as far as completion percentage. You know, last week uh, he didn't hit he didn't hit 200 yards, but he was very efficient. And he's um, he's also uh, he he really should have thrown his first touchdown pass, and, oh, yeah. and, and our, our my boy CP dropped it, and uh, mm-hmm. you know those things happen. But I love what I see from Desmond, so this is a big game for me personally. I want to see if he can take the next step against a top tier defense. Yeah, I definitely want to see Desmond get that first, or hopefully maybe first two touchdown passes in this ball game, so he can go out on a high note and have these uh, first two and get his first two touchdown passes, maybe, you know, maybe three, who knows. But get his first down, first uh, touchdown pass out of the way this game. But don't go into next season really wanting that or needing that. Hopefully he can already go ahead and knock that out. Um, And I agree about uh, Todd Bowles and your sentiment on him. What he's been able to do, because it seems like it seemed like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were going to, kind of implode on themselves. I mean, with everything Brady had going on family-wise and the injuries and them just being an older team, it just seems like they were going to kind of cave in on themselves and weren't going to do anything uh, this season. But 
to their luck and to everybody else's luck, I guess you could say, in the NFC South because it made it, made everybody competitive uh, later on in the season. Everybody was kind of bad. <laughs> um, but that worked out for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because once it seemed like once Tom Brady kind of got a, got over that hurdle of, you know, getting past the divorce with, you know, uh, with Giselle and, you know, got over the hurdle of getting everything at least stable. I'm not going to say it's right, but getting everything stable with his family situation. It seemed like they started to go in a better direction. And now it seems like they're starting to catch a little momentum. And that being at the right time as they're a game away from going into the playoffs. So, and I mean, a game meaning they're one game away and then they'll start the playoffs. So we'll see if they can keep their momentum up and uh, it'll be interesting to see how, how they fare in the postseason. As far as my final matchup, though, Squid, I got one more for you. And it stays on the offensive side of the football for the Atlanta Falcons. But I'm going to go with the running back. I'm going with Tyler Algier. Tyler Algier versus the old Wiley vet, Levante David, because Tyler Algier, as we both know, only needs 100 yards to get to 1,000 rushing yards on the season. And I really, really, really want Tyler Algier to get those 1,000 rushing yards just how he's been working this season, you know, really just staying engaged because this was a guy who was inactive week one. I mean, we talked about his story before. Now, you know, he he really, really carried the load when Cordell Patterson got hurt, really stepped in some big shoes for CP, and he did not miss a single beat, Bo. So I would really just love for Tyler Algier to get that accomplishment for himself. Uh, it doesn't, it's not, I'm not sure it's going to, it's not, I mean, uh, if he gets 100 yards rushing, that does fare well for the Atlanta Falcons uh, this game, I'm sure. But I just really would like Tyler Algier to get that uh, just for him, just for himself. So, um, and he's going to need to get past the, like, the linebacker core that you brought up, which is a very good one, Levante David, Devin White. So it's going to be a tough task, and that defensive line is no slouch. Either. Like you said, even though Vita Vea might not be playing Akeem Hicks, um, Nunez Roaches, the tough guys on that front seven for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But, Anybody can run through some dudes. It's Tyler Algier. And I'll have to do that one more time this season. So give me Tyler Algier versus Levante Davis specifically because Levante Davis always got his nose in the play. He's always making a play. Devin White, too. So, you know, if you want to extend to the linebacker cores, you can. But it's really going to be Tyler Algier versus Levante Davis because uh, Levante Davis always going to sniff out a play. Yeah, I can't believe Levante Davis in his 11th year. Um, right. I, it, it's you know, I've gotten to watch him for his whole career, pretty much, uh, yeah. in the booth, and it, he he is just an amazing player. Um, he is he is one of those guys that's just he's always I don't know I don't even know how to describe him. It's he's always there. He he yep. He is you know this has been a division that's had some pretty good linebacker play um, yeah, with with guys like Luke Keekley and we've seen Debo boy Lukin. Yep. And and Demario Davis down in New Orleans. Um, uh, Levante David is, you know, he's right there with all of them. Um, right. You know, he – I think when it's said and done, there's a there's going to be a pretty good case that this guy is a Hall of Famer. I mean, oh, this yeah. guy in his career, um, 12 touchdowns, a couple of them he took to the high – I mean, 12 interceptions, I should say. A couple of them were touchdown – pick sixes. Um Twenty uh twenty nine sacks already. Now it's not you know he's not a blitzer. He's not a guy that they send a lot. He's an right. inside linebacker. You know one hundred and forty two tackles for loss. I mean wow eighteen fumble recoveries. Twenty seven forced fumbles. This guy's been a beast. He's been a stud. 
And uh, I think one day you can make a case for him in uh, in Canton. But the Algier story, you know, that's going to start up front. And yeah. um, I, I definitely think that if Arthur, if Algier is running uh, with with some purpose and he's he's getting some traction, I, I think Arthur will feed him a little bit because I, I think don't you know Arthur Smith knows and he knows what it means for these guys and the thousand yard mark doesn't really hit like it used to. Um, no. Used to it was a a signature moment really for a running back. We're talking about a guy that's only carried the ball 186 times all year. Right. Um, it, that's that that's a lot for a rookie, but it's also you know not a not a number that is just out of this world. And mm. so you know, for me, seeing him uh, reach a thousand yards, he's already over. He's got uh, 1,100 over 1,100 yards all purpose. Um, and I, I think it's a big moment. I think it'll be kind of a Kind of a cool thing to see him get a thousand yards. I think they'll definitely try to play that in. So I, I hope he gets it as well. Um, and I'm I'm looking forward to watching that. Yeah, I, I really hope so. I hope he uh, he really gets that. And just to kind of give perspective on you know the 183 carries and how that kind of goes with like a a, a starting running back who's been like starting all season long. If you look at a guy like Josh Jacobs, he has, I believe, two – let me see. I just had it pulled up. He has, yes, 323 rushing attempts alone for – now, he's got over 1,600 yards, and he's the NFL's leading rusher. So, you know, 323 attempts to uh, – how many did you say he had? 186? Is that how many he said? 186? He's got 186 carries. Yeah, so, I mean, he's got – well, that's – quick math, like half the carries, I guess, something like that. Anywho, you, you see how, you know, getting to a thousand, he's, he's basically on, he would, if he would, if he had the same 323 carries, I mean, Tyler Algier would be doing some damage as well. And he'd be right up there too. So um, Tyler Algier is doing good things for the Atlanta Falcons. And that's the point there. And you would like him to be rewarded for, um, for that good season with at least a thousand, a thousand yards. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Let's go ahead and move on to keys to the game. Squid Billy, what's the key for you, my man? You know, it, it's it's hard to really key in on one key. Um, yeah. Because of you don't know who's going to be playing. But right. honestly, it's always the same key. I expect Tom Brady to play. Yep. Get interior pressure on Tom Brady. Exactly. Brady. I mean, that's a that's exactly. the number one thing. You know, get in. This is a this is a team that um, I think Ryan Jansen uh, has, has been is is about to be activated. I, he won't play this week. He'll mm. if he comes back, we'll see him in um, next week in the playoffs, or and 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 possibly could even be the second playoff game if they were able to make it, but. Uh, make make Tom Brady uncomfortable early. Get interior push and um, and make him work for it. Um, and and just make him uncomfortable. Make his feet move. 
he is he's not been great this year. Um, and a lot of that's because of pressure. And so it's 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 a big key to 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 get pressure early and often on him. But that interior push is where it's at. Because if he can step up in the pocket, he'll pick you apart. Um, and he didn't have a bad week. He didn't have a great week uh, in week five against them, but he still threw for thir- 35 for 52 for 350. And um, it's going to be, you know, it, it, it is definitely going to be key to get interior pressure on him. Yeah, I mean, that's always the goal with Tom Brady. You give him interior pressure where he can't step up in the pocket and you try to make him move around. He's a statue. He doesn't want to do that. He just wants to stay in the pocket and deliver the football on time and accurately. If you make him try to move around, that's when you start getting sacks, and that's when you start making Tom Brady look like a human. So that's always the key for Tom Brady. Let's jump, though, from one quarterback to the other, our quarterback in Desmond Ritter, because my key to the game is Desmond Ritter – I don't need him, again, to sling it around like Patrick Mahomes or, you know, anybody like that. I just need him to be smart with the football because he probably is going to see pressure when he drops back and passes, no matter who's out there, because Tampa Bay Buccaneers just have a good defensive team all around. Even their backups are good. So what I need to see from Desmond Ritters is being smart with the football, taking care of the football, no turnovers, you know, um, Clean up the the snaps a little bit. I know he kind of he fumbled on that one, and you know he he took the blame for it. So I'm I'm you know we just need to clean that up a little bit. Obviously, no interceptions. He's been pretty good about that thus far in these first three starts. Um, so just Desmond Ritter has to be clean with the football. Just manage the game. He doesn't have to do too much. And he like he said, he's been doing more of taking what the defense is giving him. If he continues that, I think we'll be just fine. And obviously, he can hopefully rely on Tyler Algier and Cordero Patterson in the run game and then make some big plays when he's put up to bat in the passing game as well. So for me, it's Desmond Ritter being clean with the football, not turning the ball over. I think that's going to be a huge thing for the Atlanta Falcons because um, we've already shown that our style of football, you're going to have limited possessions, even more limited than possessions in the NFL already are. And for one, you don't want to give Tom Brady any any sort of short field or any uh, any extra possessions at that. The possessions he's going to get is going to be enough. So don't give him any extra possessions. Be clean with the football and take advantage of our possessions because they probably are going to be limited, Squid. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, um, and this is a team that won't – they don't really want to run it. No. Um, they're the last – they're dead last in running the ball. It's one of the reasons why they've struggled, but they're second in passing. Um, this year on offense, and when we played them, a Fournette only had 56 yards. Yeah, uh, on the ground. But where where Fournette killed you was he caught the ball uh, 10 times for 83 yards and a touchdown. Um, wow. So they they really enjoyed dumping the ball off to him um, against us in Week Five. So to me, they the Falcons did a really good job for the most part of limiting these wide receivers. Um, and none of these wide receivers had a hundred yard day against you. Uh, but what they've got to do is be, be mindful of that back out of the backfield, the, the dump off the little swing pass, uh, the screen game, which Atlanta has been pretty good in. They're going to want to do all of that. So it's to me, a, a, my last key uh, is shut down the running backs completely. 
I think you know this is a this is a bad rush defense. This defense has now given up 133 yards a game on average for the season, and it's been horrid the last six or seven weeks, um, especially since TQ Graham went out. So for me, it's uh, limit the running backs. Uh, you know, especially uh, catching the ball out of the backfield because Tom likes to get the ball. He, you know, if you can get pressure in Terry, he's going to want to get the ball out quick. That's going to be the drop off. So that's how our Troy, excuse me, Troy Anderson, who is uh really picked up a lot of playing time the last few weeks, and Michael Walker, who is still getting some, and Rashawn Evans are going to be on their game with those backs out of the backfield and limiting that production with the ball in their hands in the receiving game, not really as much in the running game, but that will also be a factor. Yeah, no, you you hit it right on the head. They love to throw the screen pass. They love to get the ball to Leonard Fournette out of the backfield through the passing game. Um, And uh, Ricard White, too, is a guy who has come on strong late in the season. That's another guy who they like to not only hand the ball off to sometimes, but get it to him in the in the passing game as well. A couple of weeks back, he actually caught the game-winning touchdown pass. I forget who it was against. I can't remember, but it was on Monday Night Football. He caught the game-winning touchdown pass. So they like, basically, like you said, they love to get their backs involved in the passing game as well. So you have to watch out for that. Okay. We gave you our matchups to watch. Gave you our keys to the game. It is now time for Dylan's deciding factor. And honestly, Bo, it's going to have to be one of your keys to the game. And that's get interior pressure on Tom Brady because, or just get pressure period on Tom Brady, because that's really what this game comes down to. That's really what any game against Tom Brady comes down to if you can pressure him you make him look human and usually you're fine if you don't he picks your team apart he finds a way to win and he's clutch so if you get pressure on Tom Brady that usually results in a win for your team if you don't that usually results in a loss it's really that simple there's no other way to put it that's it get pressure hopefully Grady Jarrett doesn't get any bad roughing the passer calls this time around, hopefully you see more of Arnold Ebicating, D'Angelo Malone, Lorenzo Carter getting home. Maybe some Abdullah Anderson, big, big boy tackles for loss as well. But really just got to get pressure on Tom Brady. If you do that, I think you win this football game. If you don't, you're probably going to lose this football game, no matter how long Tom Brady plays. Because if he only plays for a half, trust me, he'll do enough in that half to put you behind the eight ball to maybe to the point where you can't come back. So even if he only plays for a half, you, you still need to get pressure on him because he can do plenty of damage in just one half of football. So Dylan's deciding factor, easy one. Get pressure on Tom Brady. That's it, Bo. So with that, let's yeah, – oh, simple go. enough, okay. right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's really it. Like, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> That's it. Get pressure on Tom Brady. If you do, you're good. If not, you're probably going to lose. <laughs> there you go. Simple enough. You heard it here. <laughs> yeah, so, sometimes you just got to keep it simple, stupid. K-I-S-S. Keep it simple, stupid. So, oh, yeah. That's it. All right. It's score prediction time, Squid Billy. And we, we talked about it before we started. This game is going to be hard to call. And I want to first look at uh, what, what the spread is here. And right now I see Falcons are a four-point underdog. Are you seeing the same thing? No, I haven't even checked. I haven't I haven't okay. even cared enough to check about the spread because I think this spread, you know, I you would you would be crazy uh to bet this game because yeah. <laughs> um yeah, I've seen it as a four because it because because you know, you just don't know. And um I wouldn't yeah. bet this game until I wouldn't bet this game at all because of right. just, no, just don't you know, 
you don't know what they're going to do. And, and so that's where, you know, people bet at a detriment to their own mm-hmm. uh, economical health. Right. So uh, if you are interested, which, again, Squidbillies giving you the right advice, you shouldn't be interested in betting this game at all. Falcons look like they're a four-point dog on the road. Or, no, excuse me, at home will be in Mercedes-Benz Stadium, excuse me, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But the reason why it's going to be hard to bet and why it's going to be hard to predict the score is because, like you said, we don't know who's playing and who's not for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But if I had to take a swing at it, Squid, I'm with you. I think Brady will play a half. Um, I think maybe, you know, and then we see a lot of the second string out there on both sides of the ball for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm going to say the Falcons win this one, and I'm going to say it's going to be close. Give me 24-21 Falcons. I really don't know. That's really just me pulling something out of my gut feeling. So I'll go 24-21 Falcons, we end the season on a high note. Yeah, I um we tell. I I I I I <laughs> it's tough to tell, man. We it's a, this is probably the hardest score prediction segment we've done all year. Easily. I, I, yeah, I think Tampa <laughs> wins. Uh he's just for whatever reason, he's got the Falcons number. Still um, hasn't lost to the Falcons. And I think he'll career. play the I think he'll play probably most of the game. Um they seem to be kind of catching catching fire um and i i think that they'll probably win uh 27 23 uh, i think the four is pretty accurate if they play the if they play um their starters other than donovan smith and vita Vea, i think the score will be i think the line will be pretty right um but i also think uh that it's crazy to bet it because you you just don't know what they're gonna do or or how things will play out but i think um, they play most starters whole game, 27-23, uh, Tampa wins. There you have it. We will see who is victorious in this game. The final game of the regular season for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the final game of the season period for the Atlanta Falcons. But that doesn't mean this, you know, this Peachtree football thing is going to stop. We're keeping going. We're, we're taking you all the way through the offseason, the draft, free agency, all that good stuff. We still got plenty of more content to come. But this is the final preview edition for Peachtree Football for this season because it's the last game of the season for the Falcons. So we'll see who comes out on top. Hopefully the Falcons can end things on a high note and get their seventh win of the year and finally just get off the snide against Tom Brady. If if anything, that's, you know, that's one thing the Falcons should be really motivated to do is get off the snide versus Tom Brady because Tom Brady still has not lost to the Atlanta Falcons in his entire career but that will do it for us squid billy on a friday and again we'll talk to you guys on sunday after the game give you our post game reactions but until then make sure you like this podcast download the podcast subscribe to peace street football we are wherever you get your podcast that is apple podcast spotify the odyssey app peace street football is everywhere you listen to podcasts so for bo morgan i am dylan matthews Till we talk to you guys next time. Oh, oh, oh. Peace.